0: Hi everyone, my second guest in the all-personal podcast series is Joanne Hamilton, and she's a rare bird, both figuratively and literally, as Joanne is the founder of Rare Birds magazine, formerly Secret Birds, and I think I have an explanation for this. She sent me the short description for this podcast and I found myself suddenly taken into a journey of rare places and amazing cross-cultural experiences. Hear me out, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Joanne was born and raised in St. Croix, Virgin Islands to parents from St. Kitts and Nevis. She is a graduate of American University in Washington DC Cass Business School in London, and Kingston University, also in London. It gets better. Her professional and cultural experiences span continents, having worked in North America, the Caribbean, Europe, and Asia. Prior to starting Rare Birds, she worked in the corporate world in the property and construction industry for a decade. Alongside having a full-time corporate career, she worked as a freelance writer and later as an independent consultant to social enterprises. Joanne is currently teaching and guest lecturing at various academic institutions around the globe, and she is now in China. So, there! Was that a journey around the world or what? So, thank you, Joanne, for being here today. Thank you
1: and welcome. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored to be on your podcast.
0: I wanted to say a a little bit of the story of how we met because we were introduced by a great lady that we both know. Yes. Like it was almost a year ago and I had just moved to Canada and you were already in China, right?
1: Ah, uh, yes, I or was. Not really. Well, yeah, I was okay. actually. I had recently, I had just moved. I think I had just moved. Yeah, because I moved here yeah. at the end of August, and I think we were introduced. When were we introduced? Was it after? No, I
0: think it was before that. Yeah. Okay, like I wasn't in China yet.
1: Okay, so no. I wasn't in China. Okay. Yet. okay.
0: Okay. And I have to say that you know we we've only met online, so we never saw each other face to face. But I don't know, as hard as it is to believe, this didn't stop us building on our relationship. And, you know, whenever I talk to you, it's as if I've known you for years and we've seen each other for a coffee, like, regularly.
1: It's nice. It's really nice, our friendship. It's just kind of organically grown and blossoming yeah. and it continues to grow long. But I feel like that's that's the modern world now. Yeah. You meet online, you talk. Sometimes you never meet, sometimes you meet ten years later. It's just one of those things. <laughs>
0: No you're absolutely right Um, and I think because you know we've also met today and when I asked you to join me on this podcast you were like super enthusiastic as you usually are.
1: Yeah.
0: Um... (laughs) I wanted to um,
1: ask you
0: how does it feel to be a rare bird and how did that name even come to you?
1: Okay, how does okay, I'll tell you how the the name came. Firstly it was called it was called Secret Birds, the community I, I started building when I was in London. And that was because when I worked in the construction industry in the UK, I learned that um one of the terms used to refer to women in Britain is birds. Okay. And <laughs> I used to work on I used to work in this very male dominated industry and I always heard the men referring to women as birds and I never quite understood what it meant (laughs) because, you know, I'm the foreigner. What do I know? So one day I heard um, some of the guys and one girl, they're kind of debating this topic of birds. You know, is that derogatory? What does that mean? And she the, the lady, she was saying, you know, oh, I don't want to be called a bird. That's that's derogatory. That's demeaning. And the guys were saying, absolutely not. Birds are, are graceful and they fly and they're right. beautiful. And it was just it was just an interesting yeah. conversation. And I, I like writing. I like writing. And I remember going home that evening and writing about birds and you know, this whole theme around birds, and every bird has two wings and some choose to fly with one. And are your wings fueled? And I don't know if I was talking about myself, <laughs> maybe I was, <laughs> but from that whole narrative. I decided, you know what, I think there's something here. And it started with me because I knew there was a, I needed to make a change in my career at that time. So I felt like I've got to spread my wings and fly as cliche as it sounds. And that was sort of the beginning of this entire thing. But as I started building Secret Birds, I remember saying once um, these women are rare, and then that also evolved on its own and it became, okay, rare birds. This woman is a rare bird. She's going to be featured. And I remember thinking, you know, I need to change the name of this this platform to rare birds because I think it's just, it, it's more relevant to what I'm doing as opposed okay. to secret yeah. birds. There's nothing secretive going on. You know, it's just, that was just something that was thrown on top. And everyone kept saying, rare 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 and it just ticked and um, my business mentor said yeah you definitely need to change the name because it works and as things Mm. are evolving it just makes sense so that's how that came along and in terms of what it means to be a rare bird my goodness I think you know what all the women yourself included who've been featured Mm -hmm. on this platform now online magazine are rare in some way in in the sense that you've taken a a big leap or taking some risk or you're you're living your as they say your best life and I think that Mm. makes you unique so I think that's that's what it means to be rare so how does it feel to be rare I think we're all rare we're all unique it's just a matter of honoring that and I think some of us are scared of honoring that or we don't know how to honor it so we never really fly you know for, for if that makes sense
0: yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I think it's like uh, rare versus secret, right? I mean you realize that you're rare and you decide not to keep it a exactly. secret anymore. Just take it as it is and yeah. 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 That's a great um description of this. Thank and I you. think I was thinking, what does this project mean to you? How long have you been doing that?
1: Okay, so I started it and the idea literally came to me in the summer of 2014. And it was, mm. it was not, I say this to people and I, they don't believe me. It was not pre-planned. It was not, it was not some like, okay, I've got to sit down and analyze this. I literally at the time I just kept thinking I've, I, I need to be doing something different. I want to do something entrepreneurial and I know I need to do this, but how can I do it? And where can I start? And I remember trying to find different platforms for early stage entrepreneurs for women that just wanted to connect with other women, all this other stuff. And I couldn't find it. And I said, you know, I should start something. I should start something for the women that represent me, you know, the women who have the ideas and they want to do things, but maybe they feel held back. And and then I, I went back to that narrative in my head that I wrote from that day when I was on the construction site of rare birds and, and all this other stuff. And, I just it just it's like something literally just said you need to do this and in this so it, the idea came in the summer mm-hmm. and then in January 2015 I decided a few months later I was just like I need to do it I need to do it full-time and I quit my I left that career behind at the end of December 2014 wow. so that it just happened in a span of like six months it, it just kind of and it wasn't planned it just something else. I always tell people something else took over because it wasn't me. I didn't think about it. I didn't know what I was doing, but something just said, this is important and you need to do it. And to answer your question, what I think you asked, what does it mean to me or what it represents for me? It's my own freedom, to be honest with you. It's my own, um, it's my own journey that I have somewhat taken and, 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 and created a platform for other women to yeah. share their journey. So I believe that I was at a point in my life where I needed change. I was desperate for change. And I didn't know how to do it or what was happening. And I believe that this came into my life to help me facilitate that change. And when it did, I grabbed onto it so tightly that I just I just went with it and I couldn't stop. So it's my own freedom. It's my own journey. It's my own opening up to the world and and doing what I've always wanted to do. So it's, it's really special to me. It's really important to me.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's um yeah I just it's a quite a big change and you also mentioned earlier that you decide to take a big leap or a big risk and i think a whole lot of that has to do with change and usually that's a really big step for everybody i mean i think especially as an entrepreneur because we're getting into that entrepreneurial um stuff right now and i think for entrepreneurs yeah. what scares them most is to actually take this huge leap and for you it was just dropping your corporate job and doing this full time because yeah it was your journey and i think that's really interesting um experience and what kind of um, uh, skills did you discover maybe rediscover once you've decided to to take this leap and take this big step and make this big change. What
1: kind of skills did I, well, you know, I realized that I am not so crazy after all. <laughs> I realized that because I think for my whole, I think for my entire life, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit about me, but I think the culture and the background that I come from didn't always um, support that. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like I needed to do something very traditional, what was expected of me, et cetera. And I would pursue sort of freelance projects on the side and my ideas on the side, but I never felt comfortable or confident enough to do my own thing. So I realized that I, I, I had to tap into my curiosity, which Mm -hmm. is one of my skills. I had to, um, to tap more into my intuition, which I think is one of my one of my strengths and my skills as well. So I learned that curiosity and honing curiosity is actually a skill and it's, mm-hmm. it's a strong skill that I have as well as my intuition and my people skills because I think that a big part of being an entrepreneur is building relationships because relationships are everything in life but also in business and I think if people don't trust you and if they mm-hmm. don't feel like they can relate to you, they won't want to to work with you so I think those are the 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 main skills that I had to um that I that I that I had to tap into but I also learned that I had about myself which were really important which were really key to this process but generally everything happens quickly um, it, it, I was under a lot of pressure at the time because I was living in London. I was living in the UK. I had I, like a lot, lots of things were happening. There were issues at work. It's, it's as if the universe was conspiring to kick me out of that industry. Okay. You know, everything was going wrong. <laughs> everything was going wrong. Everything was going wrong. And it's funny because I reached that plateau. I reached that point where I kind of felt like, well, I don't want to go any higher. I don't want to make any lateral moves. And everything was going wrong at work with my boss, um, changing jobs, it's everything was just crumbling. And then the last blow was I had issues with my visa. And my lawyer kept saying to me, I don't think this is going to work out. I don't think this is going to work out. And then it just didn't work out. So it was like, well, you, you have to leave anyway, unless you want to go to your employer, and ask your employer to sponsor you. And I thought, no, and that was my, my 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 moment to escape. I felt like that was my gift. Like, yes, I can. I have a reason to go now. You know, so, I can yeah. say this is why. But when I left, it felt so good. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't have any big plans. But somewhere inside, again, that intuition mm-hmm. just said, you need to build secret birds and you need to just go with the flow. And that's what I did. So,
0: uh, you know, what I get from here is even, you know, if things go wrong or maybe because things go wrong something good may come out of that actually if you're just yeah. you know take the yeah. time to observe and really be able to make a decision yes
1: mm. it, you know I'm at that point now where when everything starts to go too well for me I get very <laughs> suspicious <laughs> because I, I've i decided yeah. that when things go wrong that's where I learn the most and that's where I, most And it's not that I don't enjoy the good times, but my mindset has shifted in that I used to think, oh, my God, this is going wrong. This is bad. This is negative everything's going to fall apart and now I'm just like yes you know come please because Mm -hmm. this is the change happening and that means something good is going to come afterwards and there's more growth and all of that so if something is just consistently going very well for me for a very long time I start to get slightly paranoid (laughs) I know I need to work on that but I do (laughs) I start thinking "Mm, what's going on here but because I've learned that out of my my Kind of, I guess, darkest moments is where I have yeah. these amazing mm-hmm. things happening in my life afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I think um, you know. I don't think you're paranoid. I think you're the uh, perfect definition of, mm. definition of um, entrepreneur because uh, yeah. you know I found this definition of entrepreneurship, and it's uh, like entrepreneurship is like um, the heartbeat. It goes Mm -hmm. up and it goes down and then it goes up again and down again. Mm -hmm. But the Mm -hmm. minute it's flat, you're dead. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. these up and down things are okay. And I'd rather have the up and downs than the flats.
1: (laughs) For sure. And you know, it's, you know, and my lifestyle is not for everyone. I know I'm very unorthodox Mm -hmm. in in, in my thinking and the things that I do. And I know there's certain people that I freak, um, like they're completely freaked out by me, like, oh my God, she's just a little too, you know, but it's just me. And I've started, to re- I've started to finally get to a point in my life where I'm like, you know, this is me, this is who I am. So maybe I was actually born to do this because I think that, I think people who are entrepreneurial are very, they're usually the ones people think are a bit cuckoo or a bit, mm, she's kind of odd or she's too you know dreamy she's kind of head in the clouds some things I've been I've been told is that you know I'm you know I'm kind of all over the place or I need to choose one thing and I think those things are very much aligned with people who have a, a very mm-hmm. entrepreneurial mindset and I, I didn't know that I just thought all along well <laughs> I said, just don't fit <laughs> somewhere oh, so but, yeah
0: that's a yeah. You know, good so, idea so if you feel like you don't
1: fit then you might be an entrepreneur right or you might just be someone I, I mean I think entrepreneurs solve problems I think they're visionaries I think they have big ideas and I think sometimes people who have big ideas and they're visionaries and and they have these Sort of grandiose plans are seem as a bit. They seem, they seem they seem to be a bit out there. They seem to be extreme, abnormal, too like just too much. And I think people can't always de- digest that or understand mm-hmm. that. So I think that's where that comes from. And and I'm not saying that um, you know somehow you you can't be a very structured individual and not build a business. Obviously you can, but I think an entrepreneur is something else too. Uh, uh, someone that just builds and runs a business i think they're two very different types of mm-hmm. people
0: yeah okay so we can add another skill as uh, innovation creativity something yeah. like that maybe to, yeah. you've, got to be,
1: you've got to be a little off the wall mm-hmm. i think it's going to be a little off the wall a little bit because it takes it takes a lot of i've got a friend who says it takes a lot of um what did she say? It takes a lot of confidence to be this crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah, and she's just she's just referring to this lifestyle of thinking that you can actually make the world a better place, you yeah. know, because people seem to be very suspect of that. People don't trust that often. Yeah. People are quite cynical of that.
0: No, oh, yeah. you're right, and um, so. you know what? You you touched a chord right where you said that. You know, it's all about building relationships uh, with everybody. That it's in, oh, yeah. Yeah. comes and goes in in this entrepreneurial journey, and I think this is such a um, powerful skill for an entrepreneur to have. Uh, well, for anyone to have, but especially oh, yeah. for entrepreneurs. And um, I think how is it? How is it for you? Because it's amazing how you've been everywhere around the globe, and um, how 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 yeah. did this yeah but how did this <laughs> <love> help <laughs> you build these relationships? Because we think that we need to be to have the roots to have you know be grounded and stay in one place to build long lifetime relationships, and you've been everywhere, and you have an ease of building oh, these relationships. Yeah. How do you do that?
1: Yeah. I think, honestly, I grew up on a very tiny little island in the Caribbean, 84 square miles. And I think when you grow up in a place that small, you, 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 you're either one extreme or the next, you either you're very rooted there and it's your home and you're proud and you never want to leave, or you just can't wait to, to just get out. <laughs> and I think I was the latter that I just always knew I was going to leave. I was going to go abroad because I was always different and I always knew that. So for me, it was just, okay, it's time to go now, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and I was happy to go and I've never ever felt like I needed to have roots in a place. You know, so I was actually just saying to a friend yesterday. I have a very uh, a friend that's very patriotic and very proud of of um, her country, and she's just got this passion. And 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 sometimes I say to her, "I'm so jealous of you because I don't have that in me." You know, I, I'm obviously proud of where I come from and all of that, but she's so like, yes, this is it, and I was born and raised here, and I'm so proud, and I just want to build my country, And but for me, I just want to build a world, and I see the whole world as this amazing place that I can mm-hmm. contribute to, and everything, you know, and um, I think that just comes from who I am as an individual, I've just, and coming from this tiny place, I've just always wanted to, I guess, escape and I find that I am most comfortable when I am in different environments, when I'm around different kinds mm-hmm. of people. I thrive in that kind of environment. It's like I thrive on that kind of chaos, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, the uncertainty, and and all of that stuff. Whereas I think other people would much prefer, like mm-hmm. you said, being grounded and having their roots and knowing this is where I come from and. You know, we've all been here for generations. And I think that's beautiful as well. But that's, yeah. I don't need that. I don't feel like I need that. I can go anywhere and be happy and be comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you say uh, that you can thrive in, in uncertainty because this is what mm-hmm. scares most of the people Um as you say, I mean uh, that's um, one of the things that when we think about uncertainty, we um, think about fear of what can happen. And so, when you mm-hmm. when you thrive in uncertainty, how do you think about uncertainty? How do you see it? How, what is it to you? How do I see? Yeah
1: uncertainty to me but it's definitely not knowing and it again it suits me because I hate planning I hate organizing I am not one of these people that has everything planned out and segment you know I've got girlfriends who are like you know by the time I'm 25 I'm going to be married by the time I'm 30 I'm going to have this 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 and that and they've done that and they've been so successful at it but that kind of thing scares me that's not who I am and so for me uncertainty is there's no planning there's there's no organizing it's just you get in there and you whatever happens you deal with it you know and it's just that act of being in life and letting life come and letting it happen and mm-hmm. that's uncertainty to me just not knowing and but i'm i'm fine with that i'm comfortable with that because i'm not scared of of the outcome i'm not attached to like for example most people they have their homes they have their cars they have they have all these, these, these things that, you know, that make them feel rooted. And for me, I always say, well, I've got visas and I've got, um, you know, lots of stamps in my passport and memories and photographs. And it's just those experiences that enrich me. And there's a part of me that feels like I find Mm -hmm. more and more of myself when I travel around and when I meet different people and when I have those experiences that I just can't have when I'm say back home and Mm -hmm. I'm just rooted in that one place for a very long time so maybe I'm just a lost lost child wandering around (laughs) trying to find myself (laughs) (laughs) but that helps doesn't
0: it I mean yeah I think and and look at you look where you are and what you've done so far and I mean yeah
1: And, and, and and I feel very I feel very comfortable here in China. Like I don't feel out of place in China at all. I, I love being in China. I mean, you know, it's funny, just today I went to the bank and I was I, I saw Starbucks and I said, Oh, I wanna go get something from Starbucks and I was crossing the street and the streets the streets in my city where I live in are so wide So literally, you have to run to get to the other side before the little green man Uh changes, because someone will knock you down here in my city. It's just Uh wild the way people drive here. And I'm walking across the street and there's a sea of people coming to me. And they all had smiles on their faces. And they were all just looking at me and smiling. And I thought, oh, how nice. You know, it just felt so good. And in that very moment, I was, I just thought, I love being here. <laughs> you know, the fact that I there's all this chaos around me and these cars are coming and we're all trying to run across to get to the other side. But everyone yeah. was smiling and they were so happy. And someone went, ni hao, and I went, ni hao, and I just kept running. <laughs> That's, you know, Chinese, hello. And I just, and I just thought, oh, how nice. And I just, it's just mm-hmm. these little things, but I... I'm I'm very happy here in China so I don't know we'll see we'll see how long I stick around for I don't know what will happen next
0: yeah, yeah it's uh yeah it's beautiful how the uh, how the little things um solve things yes yeah. um and the same happened to me back. when i moved
1: here oh my <laughs> so, gosh yeah yes coming from romania to canada that's a big change as well yeah
0: it was it, it is because as soon as you say i you know seeing people smile at you and saying hello just because you happen to meet in the street um was a new kind of experience to me but it makes you feel like a part of the community um, absolutely
1: Absolutely.
0: And, yeah i think it's part of the adaptation process like anywhere you go or any any new thing that you start uh once you start to feel part of the community then it gets so much easier and it's so much better and it's as you say the little things Definitely. that can make you feel that way
1: yeah. yeah and you know what even if i were to move someplace and i decided okay this is it i'm going to quote unquote, live here, I would still need to move to, to travel and experience different places. And I would still want to be involved in work that would allow me to, to move around because I think I just, I crave that. I like that energy of, of visiting a new place and meeting new people and experiencing the, the, the culture of a new mm. place. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. I think that helps me to build on these relationships or on these friendships because I realize that people are just yeah. human at the end of the day. All the other stuff is just extra coating, you know. Our our language, our culture, all of that stuff is the extra. I think at the core, we're all human, and if you if you understand the human experience, you can connect with anybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, you're you're right, and I think it's very much what happens, um, especially in relationship and relationships and this kind of communication. When you when you go and take your ha- heart and put it into that um, I don't think you can fail or there's just very little chance that you fail because you just Mm -hmm. go right into it and people can see Mm -hmm. you as a person as opposed to Mm -hmm. seeing you as a mask which is really important if you really want to build that relationship Um, Yeah. And I was thinking because you were saying about um, experiences and I don't know, the the way I see you right now is you're a citizen of the world. It's no matter where you go, you'll be able to adapt and, you know, enjoy the experience. so. (laughs) So, (laughs) Yeah, I um, hope so. So, I hope wh- so what helped you? Um, what helped you? Do you think it it was because you were born with with this desire? So is it innate? Or do, do you learn this kind of flexibility and adaptation skills that you have? Can you learn them?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I think for me, mm. I am just this way. I think this is just who I am but that doesn't mean that you can't learn to be flexible and adaptable because I think a lot of things are through experience, but more so you have to be open. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people aren't really in um, interested in. Like, you know, someone will say, oh, I would love to do that, but mm, I don't know, you know, everything's so different. You've got to really be open to the idea. And then once you're open, you kind of take whatever comes along with it. So if you're not open, it won't work. But I do, Mm -hmm. I do believe it's innate because I think that this just comes so naturally to me. It's just who I am. And for example, when I go home, like before I came here to China, I was home in the Caribbean for a year and when I would tell people, you know, I'm moving to China. When I, they're like, "Oh my God, you're going where? What are you doing there? You're what is wrong with you?" Like, Ugh, they think you're crazy, you know. And I just think, well, what's wrong with going to China? Why do you want to go all the way over mm. there? What do you, what do, what they think I'm looking for something? They think I'm, 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 I'm lost in some way. And I just think, no, the world is great, and let's just go seek it out and see what's going on, you know. And that, in and of itself, says mm-hmm. to me that it's not something that everyone is born with. I think it's something that some people just have this curiosity and mm-hmm. this desire and this this thing about themselves where they just they just they just need to go, they need yeah. to explore, they need to do different things. Not just through travel, but in life generally, you know? And I think that comes naturally. However that said, mm-hmm. if you're open, even if you're not naturally that way, I think you can do it. You can do it if you're open to it yeah
0: mm-hmm. so yeah be open to to seeing it from a different perspective i guess this is what because for you uh hearing you speak about all of the uncertainty and changes and experiences mm-hmm. and cross cultures um, you are not afraid of all of those things that I mean, I um, some mind. people are afraid of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't So, that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know what, um, you know, because you have a different uh, perspective and you look at them differently. And I think this is why yeah. the, the way you look at things make yeah. you,
1: makes you think one thing of, or
0: another about them. Um, and yeah. this,
1: it's your yeah. perspective and mindset yeah. and yeah. how you how you view how you view the world, you know, for, for someone being in Russia hour traffic in Delhi would would drive them mad for me it's the most exciting thing in the world because there goes a cow and he's coming oh my god and that cow might hit that car and there we are and the dust is thick and i'm just in it you know and i love it and the man is talking to me about cricket and because i'm west indian and we're having this amazing chat and i'm thinking we're gonna knock some wall and i love that but for somebody else driving in delhi is is chaos you don't want to do it you don't want to get involved but to me it's life and it's energy so it's again, one of those things. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And those uh, things. it's uh, yeah. I could listen. I could listen to you forever. I have to say, I mean, just because you know when you, when you speak about these things, oh, I can you. see them happening, and it's uh, it's as if I'm watching the mm-hmm. movie of Joanne out there in the world. <laughs> and it's super fascinating.
1: Um, and, oh gosh, yeah fun it's fun it's fun i have a friend it's fun from your perspective but i don't want to be involved you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> i just want to watch it i don't want to be in it
1: <laughs> i just want to watch it i just
0: want to watch it um, yes exactly i wanted to ask you because you are uh, not afraid of the um, usual stuff so um have you ever been in situations where um i don't know you've discovered that you were scared of using um, one skill or another from your skill set?
1: Yes, yes, yes. Like my communication Mm. skills. The funny thing is growing up in the Caribbean, culturally, talking a lot and being highly opinionated Mm. is not always a good thing. And I was always that person, that little (laughs) girl, you know. (laughs) So I think for a long time I struggled with, okay, these communication skills I have this this ability to speak or whatnot is it good is it bad and because I was always taught you you know you talk too much you need to be more quiet you need to tone it down you shouldn't have too many opinions you know why are you like this blah 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 and then when I moved to the US Mm -hmm. Americans are the extreme opposite of that you know like culturally the culture i don't want to say americans that generalized as a people but the culture in america yeah. is one of be opinionated and share your thoughts and be confident and all of that stuff and i realized okay so all the stuff i was being told all along that was not true i actually have this voice and i can use it you know and um so i think um mm-hmm. i i had to learn that i have something to share and it's worthy of of, of being shared and there are people that want to hear what I have to say and that's when I started my podcast and as, although I knew in the back of my head because I was told oh you're a good communicator and you have something to say and you know you should probe and ask questions and there are people that want to hear this and da I mm-hmm. somewhere in the back of my little head I always had this little thing that would say well no who wants to hear that nobody wants to hear t- Talking all the time, and then I decided, okay, forget that, and I started the the Secret Birds podcast, which is so yeah. exciting for me now because people are listening and they like it, and I, it's it's just validation that everyone has a voice and everyone has a right to be heard. So when someone says to you, tries to silence you, which is what the biggest thing I've learned, there are always there are always people mm-hmm. out there trying to silence others for whatever reason and i think for a long time i allowed people to silence me and it's it's i just realized no 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 you know i i have the power and i can do this and it just feels good to overcome that that fear as crazy as that might sound because i think people who know me they know well yeah she's you know she can speak she's she's confident she can talk but there's always that there was always that thing in the back of my head that well nobody really wants to hear what you have to say though <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you know i know i know exactly what you're saying um you know growing up in a communist country is pretty much the same as you growing oh, up God. in the caribbean in although maybe maybe not that exotic <laughs> but uh it's you know the same you know yeah. that, <laughs> the freedom of expression is not there yeah. at all so yes, yeah. Yes. It's uh, funny how, uh, you know, a skill uh, can be a weakness in one place and a strength in another place. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just taking it into a different environment, it can change into a strength yeah. instead of a weakness. And, um, you know, I like to call them the uh, strong skills muscles and the yes. German skills muscles uh, yeah. as opposed to strengths and weaknesses in your story of uh, becoming, really. Um mm-hmm. What were your some of the dormant skills muscles that um, you discovered on this journey? because uh, you, you took the, the skill set that you had. There, were there any skills along the way that surprised you that you just noticed one day, oh look, I'm, I'm suddenly good and good at this or. I'm starting to get better at that.
1: Yeah, my biggest my biggest my biggest flaw is that I'm impatient. I've always been impatient. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I I took up gardening. i started to take up gardening. <laughs> Especially wow. when I was at home in the yeah, in the Caribbean. And gardening has taught me so much patience. Yeah. And it's taught me just yeah, just nature generally I think is my best teacher. But being in the garden and you plant something and you you just have to sit back and wait for it to grow and you don't know how it's going to turn out and you know, you, there's, no, there's no pill for this thing. It's either going to grow or it's not going to grow. And then it doesn't grow and you get annoyed and you're like, oh, God, what am I doing wrong here? And you have to start again and you have to look at the soil and you really have to look at everything to to make this this tree, you know, this germination of this plant or whatever you call it. And um, that has helped me with my patience and being on this journey from leaving my corporate job and, and doing all these things that I'm doing now has taught me. Not only that I am extremely impatient, but that I need to practice patience and I need to to practice trust in mm-hmm. this process that I'm in because I can't, it's not that I'm trying to control the outcome because that's not it at all, but I just, I want the <laughs> outcome fast, <laughs> you know, and patience. It's all about patience and and just letting things happen when they're supposed to and in their own time. And yeah. that's something that gardening has taught me a lot. And I've come a, I've come a long way because I used to be, oh my God, I used to be very antsy all the time, have a lot of angst, like, oh gosh, you know, I, I gave this person this and they haven't responded yet. Does that mean they're not interested? And you start getting paranoid and you make all these stories up in your head. And then three days later, the person emails and says, oh, I'm so sorry. I was just a bit under the weather, but it was so great da, 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 to hear from you. Yeah. And then you just realize, oh, well, why was I stressing myself out for three days? You know, because I was impatient. So I've learned how important patience is just in life. And now that I teach 16-year-olds, my goodness, they have taught me levels of patience I didn't know. I didn't even know I had. Oh.
0: <laughs> so, so what are, by the way, what are you teaching them?
1: What? I teach uh, creative writing, world literature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are so 16 year old Well, you have children, so you know this. I don't know if you, if you yeah. have any teens on your hands yet. Almost. But... <laughs>
0: yeah, 14-year-olds. Yeah. yeah.
1: They're so, oh, my God, they're so moody. And, you know, they're going through these hormonal changes. And I don't even think they understand what's happening in their bodies. And no one's talking to them about it. And then they're dealing with all the teenage stuff in life. And some days they come into the classroom and they're just super excited and they can't wait to get involved. And other days it's just, okay, Miss Hamilton, leave me alone. I don't want to talk to you right now. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) You know, (laughs) and they hate the world and they hate their lives. And I hate myself. I don't want to be here right now. And you just think, okay, you know, and they're so touchy and one day, you know, they're very engaged and they want to hear all about, you know, whatever we're talking about. Like for example, right now we're doing mm-hmm. Anne Frank. Um, we did um, Animal Farm. We, we do lots of different things. We're going to start doing African literature. And I just, I just literally have to sit back and let them be themselves because I don't know what I'm going to get on any given day and they're just so moody they really are teenagers are so moody <laughs> i think was i like that
0: <laughs> yeah well, i think you yeah. know yeah, we've all been there right <laughs> yeah i think you when, when, like they're good,
1: when they're good they're amazing but i've had you know there are times where i just yeah. look at them and i go oh my goodness you know what is going on you know and I just I have to sit back and just let them be themselves just have to let them be themselves and have their moment and then they kind of come 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 crawling back but what I like about teenagers is that you can tell them off these these scenes and they just come talking to you the next day nothing ever happened hey Miss Hamilton how are you whereas yesterday you were just like listen I'm gonna give you a zero because you were sleeping in class you know and they're like no And they start freaking out and the next day they're just like, Oh yeah, Miss Hamilton, no big deal, whatever. (laughs) Life moves on. So (laughs) they can be unconditional love as well. (laughs) And patience. But, um, yeah, teenagers are, I I think, you know,
0: that, um, it's well said and I think that teaches you a whole lot because in, um, it's a good practice, I think, for, you know, letting people be who they are and stop and for not being, um, you know, Mm -hmm. disappointed or angry or too frustrated when things don't happen according to plan. Because life can be very much as a teenager, right? It can be mm-hmm. <laughs> it's super surprising and things
1: don't oh, God, don't yes. go according
0: yes. to our plan
1: that's in our
0: head. So. Yeah.
1: patience and acceptance and you know, when we're teaching world yeah. literature there's so much like right now doing Anne Frank and covering the Holocaust and so on. You know, some of my kids I think China has has taught me that and maybe you can relate to this coming from a, a former communist country yeah. I realized how privileged I was to come from or live in places where information was always available you know you don't realize until you get here how censored things are and these kids they wow. they either just have no clue or whatever information they have is wrong because things are so censored here you know and um, you don't that until you get in conversation with them and you hear some of the things that they say and as a teacher you know I feel like it's not my job to try to change them I use the analogy again of being a a gardener I plant the seeds and every day I come to class and I water and let's see what happens you know till the soil let's see what happens but sometimes they say things that I think are a bit mm, problematic or dangerous and I have to challenge them without being judgmental and I have to get them to think to try to think about things in in different ways. And and sometimes I just have to sit back and say, you know Mm -hmm. what, okay, that's okay that you think that way, but maybe I want you to do some more research and see what else is out there kind of thing. And that helps me in my everyday life too, because adults are like that as well. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. we all
0: have our own ideas about how the world goes.
1: Yeah. So at least, but their their experience is that the information they've been given is either completely wrong or what you find is they're only mm-hmm. getting bits and pieces of it and they have such strong opinions and I ha- I have to be very careful with my words and I say okay so do you think that maybe you can think about that in a different way and they, they'll say no Miss Hamilton I don't want to think about it in a different way and I say okay <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's what you do and you just kind of say okay and you move on and you can just hope for the best because I I can't change them. And that's all a part of being patient. Patience is also I'm learning, accepting that it's not your job to change people. You have to let people be and you have to accept them where they are and deal with them where they are. And, and that's okay. And that's life. Whereas four, it was all about, well, I'm here and you need to get to my level. And that sounds so arrogant and so egotistical, but, I was like that, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'm just thinking, well, why can't you just think the way I think? And why can't you just get right here? You know, but that's not how how things work. You have to get down wherever that person is high above you, wherever they are. You have to get down there with them and Mm -hmm. you have to be there. And then, you know, everybody rises kind of together. Everybody swims in the same boat. And that's a very that was a very powerful lesson to me. And teaching has taught me that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and I liked how you are uh, linked the uh, the trust to the patience. Oh yeah. Because I think a lot of um, a lot of patience has to do with trust, or it it rather builds trust. You have to mm-hmm. be patient and trust that mm-hmm. people can do things their own way, and you don't have trust that you don't have to change them. Trust that things will still happen, but differently than what you imagined. Um,
1: yes. Yes. And, And these kids are only 16. They have their whole lives ahead of them, you know? So I always remind myself, they're going to grow. They're going to be different. And I have to sit back and let them grow in that way. Because it's a boarding school as well. So it's not like they go home every day to their parents, where their parents are nurturing them and building them up. You know, they come to us, you know, the teachers. We're like the parents in the school. So sometimes you just have to let them fail, even though you know they're going to. You can't stop them. Just let them do their own thing. And just just hope for that. Just hope that whatever you've been saying to them in the classroom, that it just sticks somewhere in their <laughs> mind, and that it gets triggered at the right time. That's all I can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that comes again with trust and with patience and just non-judgment and all of that stuff. It's funny how kids can teach you these things—not adults, but kids. Mm-hmm. Kids. Yep.
0: Yeah. I think yeah, a whole lot. I mean. But you know what? You would think that it doesn't surprise anybody. Actually, I am surprised every day by mm-hmm. the stuff that I learn. But I think you know what? I think once you have the mindset mm-hmm. on learning and on observing the things that you learn mm-hmm. every day, um, it's um, it's easy to notice um, when you learn a new thing. Oh, yeah. Or uh, that you you ta- you you got something uh, different today, mm-hmm. and you you did it differently because maybe you learned it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it's 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 funny that how once you have your mindset on that, you mm-hmm. start seeing uh, these things, and you start noticing what you learn and how you learn it, and what works yeah. and what doesn't work for you. So yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: It makes you more self-aware as well. Yeah, as I think sort of, yeah. yeah.
0: I think that's uh, maybe the, um, maybe that's the, one of the keys to noticing what's around you and to, to growing uh, as a person is to to be aware yeah. of what's happening to you and what you're doing, what you're saying, what you're learning. I wanted to mm-hmm. um, to ask you, because um, we're talking about uh, diversity and things that happen and uh, letting people be yes. and uh, things happening the way they should be happening. Um, what about um, situations yes. where you think that, oh my God, this, this may be a mistake? Or how do you handle mistakes?
1: Mm. I think. Before, I used to see, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about um, when bad things happen, I, I just embrace them. I love it. And when things are going well, I start to get paranoid. I don't see anything as a mistake anymore. I see it all as a part of the bigger plan. It's it's, it's the life lesson and it's, it's what's happening. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because mm-hmm. every hurdle or every bad choice that I've made or whatever you want to call it has taught me something. So it's just a mental shift I don't see it as a mistake I just see it as a lesson and it's it's a matter of grasping that lesson to ensure that I don't go down that path again but you know I can't live a bulletproof life I've got to I've got to make mistakes right I've got to 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 learn along the way so I think for me nothing is really a mistake it's just it's just a, a growing experience it's just a growing experience.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Beautiful yeah. definition. Yeah. Growing experience. Yeah. Um so what's what's one thing that you're most proud of?
1: The one thing that I am most proud of is actually deciding to get on with the job of being Joanne. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that's what I am the most proud of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, all.
0: that's a unique think- job,
1: isn't it? yes and it's the one job that we all have and it's the one job that we should really pay attention to and I think for a long time I was doing the job of being a lot of other people but not Joanne so when I decided it was time to do the job of Joanne everything changed and I'm very proud of that because I never imagined that I could actually be doing what I really wanted. I guess I always felt like, okay, you know, you've got to suffer and this is how it's supposed to be. And this is all a part of being an adult and all those different things. And I just, again, it's the things we're taught and, you know, all these narratives. And I just realized, no, well, actually I can't, you know, I can't do what I want to do and, and be very happy doing that. So I think it takes mm-hmm. a lot of bravery to choose to be your true self. And I am very, I think that's what I'm most, proud of yeah. just being me. Yeah
0: being you and yeah, yeah. changing changing your me the
1: <laughs> the
0: way you want it to be changing
1: my and yeah and just just doing what what I feel comfortable doing and just trusting my intuition more and going back to must uh, the skills and, and these muscles I had to I think for a very long time I was living more in my head than in my heart so everything had to be logical everything had to make sense And I think living in that headspace made me less connected to my intuition. So when I let go of that and I really dropped to my heart and I decided to follow what I really wanted, I learned to be more intuitive and I learned to tap into my intuition. And I actually lead my life very intuitively when it just, just when it comes to everything, just even simple decisions. I just know that somehow I'm going to figure it out and it'll fall into place because I've got kind of like this inner compass that guides me. And I didn't have that before. Before mm-hmm. I was that person that I would have to call like every friend and ask them their opinion and then ask my parents and then ask another sibling or, you know, all this other stuff, like just getting everyone's opinion and trying to get everybody to tell me what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And now I, I, I just realized all the answers are inside of me. I just needed to tap into my intuition. And that, that's really what guides me now. And it never fails because it's its your inner voice and it knows you better than anybody else.
0: Yeah. And you just have to be able to hear it because sometimes you keep yeah. it too
1: low and you can't yeah. hear what because, it says. And for me, that's because I was always in my head because mm-hmm. that's what I was taught. You know, yeah. you everything is about living in your head. You go to school you study you work hard you become logical you get good grades you know no one no one ever teaches you how to how to live you're just taught yeah. how to function mm-hmm. you know how to function logically in this world but you're not taught how to live and i think being intuitive is so important and it's so critical to yeah. living a happy yeah, life.
0: totally. It's I know what you're saying. Life. I I think um so, one okay. of the um the things that I suddenly realized uh, one day was that you know we learn a bunch of stuff in school and nobody really teaches us how to breathe properly. And if you think about it, I mean we we take breathing for granted. Just we no. we breathe to to survive but we don't breathe Mm -hmm. to the fullest potential and we don't breathe Mm -hmm. to live to really live and it's it's funny how nobody teaches us to this simple
1: thing of breathing and how how it can help us and your breath is the one thing that's with you every day all day and it's going to be with you until the day you die and You know, I always say I live breath to breath because things are always changing. And if you can, if you can understand and control your breath, it's almost like you can understand life, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's always going to be this change. And you're right. We're not, we're not taught to breathe. We're not taught to how to think properly, how to, how to, how to live in this, in this world. It's it, we're just so logical and we don't have the Mm -hmm. right balance. And I think it's a shame, you know, unless you're fortunate to have those parents that are really into, That kind of thing. I mean, my parents were, you know, my parents were they were immigrant parents. They were they were just working and trying to give us a decent life. They didn't have time to sit down telling us, okay, breathe and meditate and all this other stuff. You know, you get on with it. You make good grades. You make something of your life. You know. So um, (laughs) it's just, I think, just trying to do the best for their children and do what they know. But as I've gotten older, I realized that I had to I had to unlearn a lot of things and I had to reprogram myself because. I was very off balance in this world very much yeah
0: that's a very good point to to unlearn some of the things and it can be something that we can do Mm -hmm. you know really you know Mm -hmm. see what we've learned so far and decide what we want to unlearn and relearn well yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's great Mm-hmm. Um, so because we're uh, getting to the end of our conversation first off I want to know uh, or let our listeners know where we can find you
1: okay you can find me uh, in terms of the website well there's, there's sort of three okay. websites now but we're, I'm working on a new one <laughs> and there's a massive change and transition happening now but the main website is mm-hmm. www.secretbirdshq.com that's the main website um, that will transition very soon. By the end of spring, it will be <laughs> rarebirdsmag.com. Yay. Can't wait for that. And when you go to the Secret Birds HQ website, you can see the other two platforms, which were London and the Caribbean, secretbirdslondon.com, secretbirdscaribbean.com. But that's all going to change. So Rare Birds Mag is going to be the sort of rebranded um new website with all these different sort of profiles of women multimedia profiles in different regions and just magazine layout style and lots of of new and interesting content coming out of that so i'm really looking forward to that so you can find me there or you can email me at um main at gmail.com and i'm very active in social media so i don't hide you know i'm on linkedin joanne hamilton I'm in um, Instagram as Joanne Alexandra Hamilton again. I'm on Twitter as oh, Joanne okay. Hamilton. So if you just yeah. go to any social media and type in Joanne Hamilton or Joanne Alexandra Hamilton, you will find me there as well. So I'm I'm quite active in, in social media. So you can find me. I'll put this. Yeah, I'll put this in the description. Yeah, uh, podcast. So.
0: Yeah, Okay. Um, and I wanted to ask you as a um, closing for our conversation, if you have like uh, one, one thought of wisdom, it can be, I don't know, a quote or your own thought or a book that you'd recommend, a video a movie, anything
1: that you would recommend mm-hmm. um, for people who have listened to our dialogue today. One thought, you know, I have two thoughts, actually, if I can share them, I have two. whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, Allow yourself to be completely vulnerable and, and feel that moment. Don't don't try to um to 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 be busy or to or to put yourself in other situations to avoid whatever it is that's happening. Just be present, sit in that moment and sit in those feelings and allow yourself to work through those feelings and then tell yourself this too shall pass. I think that is so powerful. And um, I do that a lot. And that has helped me a lot to realize that, okay, this is happening to me fine, but it's just happening right now. And I need to feel what's happening right now, but it's going to move. And then that's connected to the second thing, which is what I I said a few minutes ago, that living life breath to breath is very important because breathing is the one thing that, that is constantly happening inside of us. So if you realize that life is constantly changing the way your breath is changing, you understand that nothing is forever. Nothing is forever. Things are always moving. And as long as you're breathing, you can make changes, whether it's, you know, to a situation or in your own life. So take time to be in the moment, take time to feel what it is, understand that it will pass and just breathe and really get into your breathing because your breath is the one thing that is always going to be with you. So if you can imagine, if you can control your breathing, you control your you can control your emotions, you can control your feelings, you can control your life in in terms of how you react to things not how not other people, but you. And I think you, there's so much peace to be found in that. And I really think at the end of the day, we're all trying to strive for peace, some kind of inner peace. So that's what I would that's what I would leave with. Yeah. Thank My you so pleasure. much for this,
0: Joanne. Yeah, it really, it was really such a, such a lovely thank conversation you. with you. And as I said, I, I could do this for forever, thank um, you. <laughs>
1: for a whole day. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I appreciate you. You are so valued. I love what you are doing. I love these conversations. I feel so grateful to be on your podcast And um, you're brilliant. So thank you for all that you're doing.
0: (laughs) Thank you you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm I'm grateful to have you here. Um, And um, thank you all for listening today and for sharing the energy in our talks. For me, my dialogue with Joanne inspired me to think about this. No matter how rare or secret of a bird you are, once you decide to own your wings and fly your way, not even the sky is the limit anymore to how powerfully you can connect with others or to how strongly you build your relationships. Because distance is in the heart, not in the miles. So until next time, goodbye and yes keep taking it all personal.